Introducing Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Weekly live shows and podcasts. Rebel Force Radio. You are on the front lines of fandom by listening to this show. Jimmy Mack and Jason Swank usher in a new era of Star Wars podcasting. Rebel Force Radio. RFR. Like Rebel Force Radio on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Stay tuned for special announcements about the Rebel Force Radio official webpage. Leaving no Star Wars fan behind. Rebel Force Radio. Your new source for the Force. Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Galactic Republic, Confederacy of Independent Systems, and various mercenary factions vie for control of the galaxy in a seemingly never-ending conflict known as the Clone Wars. Caught in the middle of this epic struggle, the Jedi Knights strive to maintain order and civility in a deadly game that is being manipulated by the Dark Lords of the Sith. From the war-torn front lines, Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their dedicated team of analysts emerge as voices of truth and stability in these dark and deceptive times. Welcome to the 115th episode of Frontlines The Clone Wars Podcast for the episode... Eminence. I am your host, Michael Cohen, and with me, back in the co-pilot chair, get Night yes. Numb Jason Hunt out of here, and give me back my Chewbacca, uh, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's going on, man? It's good to be back. I had a busy week last week. Thanks to Jason for filling yes. in for me, but I'm back. The Crankster's back here to talk some yes. Clone Wars. That's my, the, I, I, oh, I, man, it's jumping in big time, huh? I use I used the the nine num metaphor because nine num also completely awesome. <laughs> I, of course, yeah. But Come yeah, on. yeah, the Celestine, right? Oh man, yes. hey, like I said, man, we're back. Uh, Clone Wars, man. Clone Wars is back with a vengeance, man. A really good episode. Can't wait to talk about it. Um, but before we do that, Mike, let's. Uh, you ready to start with some news? Yes, let's do it. Alrighty then. Welcome. I have been expecting you. This is just the beginning. This is where the fun begins. Join us or die. Our meeting was not a coincidence. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. <laughs> All right, Mike. So starting off with news today. Not it's going to be a quick news segment. A lot, of, not a lot of stuff going on but i wanted to let everybody know that uh 
the new Star Wars comic has hit the shelves a lot. Uh, it's been a few weeks now. Um, I just thought, and, and maybe a small spoiler tag here. I, mean, I won't talk too much in depth about the story, but um, you know, Mike, it's, it was touted as this is Star Wars as you remember it, and it really has. I mean, uh, the first episode. Uh, our characters are back, you know, Luke, Leia, um, Wedge is right in the first panel. They're on the Outer Rim searching for a new base. Um, and of course, written by Brian Wood, artist Carlos Deanda, and uh, Gabe Alteb is a colorist. But, you know, it's just, it was a really good entry, a really good start to a series. And I'm definitely on board. Uh, I'm going to be at the local comic shop every week picking this up. Classic characters, it's all new. I love it. I don't know if you got a chance to read it, Mike. But uh, I, I think you would be pretty happy with this if you, whenever you do, if you do read this thing. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read it yet because my intent is to read it. Uh, like I'll, I'll pick up the trade paper. Trade. Back. I actually, okay. I stopped getting issues of comic books uh, a few months back um, when DC completely and royally screwed up Superman. Mm-hmm. I decided <laughs> I was done with issues. So I stopped getting Superman. I stopped. I, I had really pretty much stopped getting issues of, of pretty much everything else, mm-hmm. and I was only really getting those. Um, I mean, I was reading. I did read the whole Star Wars Invasion story from start to finish in issues. Um, but uh, so I mean, like I like that's you know, but that series is done. So or ostensibly it's done. We don't really know because they haven't said anything about doing more it uh actually i haven't finished the last story but um but i yeah i haven't gotten to it because i'm because i'm trying to go a little bit more collector ish okay with my comics so that i have something nice to put up on on the wall Mm -hmm. i uh, as opposed to getting issues and having to do something with them Mm -hmm. you know because what i ended up doing is giving away a lot of my issues just to make space because ah. because yeah. they just take up so much room yeah. when you read as many comic books as i do so i'll <laughs> be waiting like i'm i'm really happy to hear that everybody's loving it i it, it's it looks awesome i but i yeah like i i'm i'm gonna wait i i'm i'm glad to hear that it's uh yeah that it's all good though well i won't i won't spoil anything for you then and just say that uh, this, you know, the writer, the writing of this, I just felt like as I'm reading this, I'm like, yeah, that's something that you would, you can hear Han Solo, you can hear Harrison Ford's voice through the comic. You know, you can hear Luke, you yeah. can hear Leia. So I just thought he captured, especially Han Solo, he, he captured the character very well. Uh, I love where the series is going. Um, a gr- you know, fantastic era, you know, even though we know obviously what's going to happen. It's still fun to go back to this, you know, a clamoring for, especially someone like me who's grown up with the trilogy, the OT, to go back to that era. And, uh, you know, next week, you know, they're talking about Boba Fett's coming back into this, into this series already in issue number two. So they're really jumping out of the, out of the gate with a bang. And, uh, you know, nothing but good things. And this thing sold out, sold out in 24 hours. So if that doesn't tell you anything, uh, I don't know what will. So good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. That- here, here's the thing. I'm just going to be really, really transparent with comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who might not be hardcore comic collectors and they really only read Star Wars or or they're just sort of hearing about this news, when when a comic book says that it's sold out, that means that the initial print run sold out, uh, which means that 
comic book stores ordered a small all amount of, <laughs> all of the initial run uh-huh. i dark horse does smaller runs than dc and marvel not by a lot i mean dark horse does still do pretty big runs uh, particularly when it comes to star wars so uh, that's not to say that it was a it was a like an independent comic or something like that but uh, it's it's not going to be as widespread as a lot of other stuff uh, it's you know it's probably in the in the, the tens to hundreds of thousands of issues mm-hmm. um, that that would have sold out but that doesn't mean that you can't walk into a comic book store and pick up a copy it, it's probably still around you can probably still still find issues I know that my local comic shop had two or three issues left when I was there the other day uh, uh, either yesterday or the day before I can't remember but uh, it's yeah it's sold out in comic terms is is a very funny thing it's not like when you go to a store and they say they're sold out of something that means that the distributor itself is sold out now if you're worried about it don't go on ebay and buy a copy of the first issue for 200 dollars mm-hmm. uh, i heard that they were going on ebay Whoa. for ridiculous prices i don't really? know that they made it up to 200 but i do know that one sold for 40 dollars, which is uh you know like the it, the initial issue was what 399 299 right so uh that's a ridiculous ridiculous markup that guy made a stupid profit on it um and nobody should have bought it for that much uh they will do another print run they almost guaranteed yeah, when something yeah. is that popular uh by the time issue two comes out issue one will have been reprinted and back on yeah on the on the stands it won't have the same cover more than likely it'll have a different cover but i uh, but yeah like don't yeah. all you people out there who feel like you missed out don't worry about it that much i uh, it they'll probably do a reprint of the first issue if they haven't already started reprinting it and it's not already slated for release probably this week or next week um and at the end of the day you can always go on the Dark Horse app and download comics digitally from oh, there. Oh, digital, yeah, definitely. Uh, and which means you can get the content for the same price as it is on the shelves, um, which is a whole other issue. It should be way cheaper to buy it directly from Dark Horse on their app, but that's okay. I like I said, completely <laughs> separate issue for a totally different podcast. I, but I, you can always do like I do and just wait for the trade paperback. Uh, all six issues will come out and they'll collect them into one book and to be perfectly honest it's cheaper to buy that way yeah so because yeah. you paid what did you pay you paid 399 for an issue right so if you do that times six that's 24 dollars. whereas right. you can get a trade usually dark horse usually around between 12.99 to 17.99 right so like that's a that's a pretty big difference in price in my opinion and what you have at the end of the day for my money is a much more collectible item and all you have to do so. is just you just have to wait a little longer that's all yeah you just got to be patient yeah and stay yeah. away from the spoilers right um, yeah yeah so uh, but it looks amazing and i cannot wait to read it uh, yeah definitely you'll be i think you'll be surprised not surprised but i think you'll be happy with it i love i did i have picked up like the first issue looked at it and flipped through it and i love leia's white x-wing gear uh-huh. it's just like that 
I don't know why it took so long for somebody to figure that one out. <laughs> but I can't wait for Star Wars Celebration 7 to see all of the cosplays of that. Oh, because yeah. I, you guaranteed... You know, some of the some of the better cosplayers out of out there are already working on oh, their, yeah. <laughs> on their Star Wars comic Leia X Wing gear. I I guarantee you, like some of the cosplayers, like Scruffy Rebel, I uh, follow her on Facebook. She does an awesome Jaina Solo. She's probably already working on it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, it's awesome to see some new classic era stuff and. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, I'm yeah. excited to read it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing what you what you think when you do read it. But cool. uh, good stuff. Um, last thing before we hit to the recap is yeah. uh, Drew Struzan. Uh, Mike, you want to mention him? He's he's back in the news. Yeah, uh, IGN had an article, and and I I guess it was a site called Fan Hatton that had uh, an interview with Drew Struzan, and. Um, he said that he was open to the idea of coming back and doing some Star Wars posters. Uh, he's kind of in retirement now. Um, he's he's kind of been been working his way into retirement for the over the last couple of years. Kind of sounds a little bit like George. <laughs> uh, it takes him a little while because they keep offering him awesome stuff to do, so he keeps doing it. So. Uh, and and Drew Struzan, if you don't know who that is, if that name doesn't ring a bell, I uh, the the all the prequel trilogy posters and the special edition posters uh, were done by Drew Struzan, and he also did posters you are no doubt intimately familiar with, such as the Back to the Future, Indiana Jones. I believe he did a poster for the Goonies. I I mean I have a book, I have an art book uh, that's just all of his. Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, his work. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff Hook, with John yeah. Carpenter. <laughs> episode um, one, episode two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just done so many amazing posters. What we think of today as the movie poster is thanks in no small part to Drew Struzan. So, yeah, yeah. So I, it, hopefully, like I got my fingers crossed, like, that is one of the pieces that needs to come together to make episode seven, eight, and nine truly the sequel trilogy i and and that's not to take anything away from any of the other star wars movie projects that might be in the works last week we talked about Zack snyder doing a samurai star wars mm-hmm. um i am all for new and interesting experiences that are not the the original and prequel trilogy um but i do want if if it's going to be the sequel trilogy if you're going to call it star wars episode seven whatever it's called um then it i I don't know there are certain things i feel like need to need to come into place for that uh for that to really be Mm -hmm. what it what what it needs to be in order to match up to be that book-ended final trilogy um that's that finishes off that story and drew struzan doing the posters is uh, for me i don't know maybe just as a graphic designer i'm i'm biased but that's a big part of it it's a big big part of it well so, i just i i think those special edition posters are fantastic and i think those were also made it onto if i remember right the vhs tapes of the special editions when yep. they came out so yeah that that is fantastic i think you're right to see him just kind of finish out Maybe with that that last trilogy, it'd be really cool. I, he's about sixty five years old now, like you said, Mike. He's he's on that outer edge of probably 
hanging up the the pencils. I don't know, you know, it's, like you said, I, it's not a a job where um, you know you're you know you're a construction worker or something like that. So yeah, hopefully he can he can kind of we. Work the next few years on these on these posters. It's gotta be really cool. I love those special edition posters. One of my favorite, some of my favorite posters, especially of Star Wars. So glad to see that. Hopefully that that uh, that comes true. Um, but so let's uh, let's head on over to Mike to uh, to the Clone Wars recap. You ready? Let's do it. Something is stirring in the underworld. Remember. There can only be two. You are our secret weapons. There are some citizens of the Republic who believe the Jedi Order is not what it used to be. We can help you reclaim Mandalore. Oh my, look at the time. Well, my work is done. You are a clone and a soldier in the Republic Army. I sense a deep anger in you. Everything that you fought so hard for will be destroyed. Anakin! Sometimes heroes fall, despite their strength. Onderon is out. We are brothers. The folks let's get it on with the recap of eminence after narrowly escaping their battle with obi-wan kenobi and hondo anaka's pirates sith brothers darth maul and Savage press drift through the far reaches of space in an escape pod freezing and barely alive a mandalorian warship docks with the pod and a group of death watch warriors led by pre and bo-katan cut through the door vizla curiously examines the unconscious brothers and picks up Maul's lightsaber. Bo-Katan wonders if they should simply finish off the wounded Sith, but Vizsla decides to help them instead, hoping that they might also be enemies of the Jedi. The Mandalorians bring Maul and Savage aboard their ship and take off into hyperspace. And Mike, I gotta tell you, like I said in the beginning, I love this episode. A great uh, start to what's gonna be probably a, a fantastic uh, last third of this of this season, uh, Maul's back. We got Savage. We got Previsla, Death Watch, and one of the most violent episodes I think of the Clone Wars to date. And we'll get there. We'll get there, Mike. But what do you think, man? We're finally back to some good stuff. Did you know that this was this particular opening was kind of an homage to Aliens? I didn't catch that at first. Uh, I read that in the behind the scenes, uh, the the Aliens uh, homage. But I, did that come to you? Yeah, yeah it, 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 it didn't really, no, I, I just felt kind of, you know, just ominous, right? Um, yeah, right. Now, once once they point it out, you kind of get it, like, with the with the ships kind of overlapping and, and, and all that. And, yeah, I, like, I can see where, where maybe they're, they're trying to come from with that. But that's, that's, a, that's kind of reaching, but, uh, not reaching, but you really have to, yeah, to, some of them are like, you know, obvious in your face, but some that, uh. You don't really yeah. notice it. It's a much more subtle homage than, right. than previous right. ones. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I am beyond happy and excited that we have gotten out of the void and uh, and that Mieber Gascon and and more importantly, WAC 47 
mm-hmm. are off on assignment somewhere far, far away from wherever we are in the galaxy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because, man, when I look back on that droid's arc, uh, I'm really having a hard time reconciling what that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and I actually just listened to, um, to Dave Filoni on Rebel Force Radio, which is uh, uh, a new-ish Star Wars podcast. You guys will learn all about it. There was a promo at the beginning of this episode. We'll, we'll be talking about it next week, hopefully, a little bit more. Uh, but uh, Dave Filoni was on that uh, in an interview with, uh, with uh, Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack over there. And they were... And, he was kind of talking about people's feelings towards the droids arc and you could I don't want to put words in his mouth so this is just this is purely speculation in my opinion and I I might be reading a lot into it but it sounded to me like they the crew as a whole maybe wasn't as happy with those episodes Hmm. as they are with the rest of Oh really? Okay. Of of this season, and uh, and not not to say that they that that it sounded like he he was uh, that he didn't like the way that they came out, but they tried to do some stuff, and uh, and they hoped that it would resonate with the audience a little bit more than it did, because um, it didn't. I I mean we're not. I don't think that that Frontlines is the only place. <laughs> that is saying, you know, that they have some issues with that arc. Um, I think a lot of other podcasts and, and places in the Star Wars fan community are saying, like, it was four weeks of it, and uh, we got one episode that was maybe, I think in most people's opinions, one episode that was salvageable, which was the one with uh, with Gregor. Uh, were it not for a sunny day in the void, Missing in Action would be my least favorite episode of this season because of how disappointed I was. And I mean, we don't, we don't need to go back into it. Mm-hmm. You guys know why. If you don't know why, go back and listen to two episodes ago as to why that episode was such a letdown for me. I, but, but a lot of people were looking at that arc and going like, why is going on? You know, And having it right after the Younglings arc, which was good, but felt like a distraction. I understand where people are coming from when they say that, like, you know, where's the clone troopers? Where's Darth Maul? Where's the Mandalorians? What's going on? Because there's all these things going on in the galaxy that we know about, but we're not getting to see. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> all of that to say, I could not be happier that we are back to Star Wars The Clone Wars status quo, let's say. I and yeah. uh, and getting back into some action and some yeah. some plot moving forward. Big and action, I yeah. I just want to say I think we're all in that boat of like oh man, thank goodness we're back to to Darth Maul and Savage Press. I mean, some people not happy about that cuz some people aren't aren't too thrilled about Darth Maul as a character which we've been seeing on our on our uh, Facebook our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few people who are like, oh, I didn't expect to like this as much as I did, but just getting out of the the sort of the the eight episodes that we just got out of, which were very uh, focused away from the Clone Wars themselves, um, I think there there's a tendency to be a little bit rose colored 
in our view of of these episodes because we know what we're going to get. We know we're going to get uh, Darth Maul and Savage Opress. We know we're going to get Mandalorians. We know we're going to get Obi-Wan Kenobi. We know we're going to get Darth Sidious with some lightsabers towards the end of this arc. Um, so I think we're all really excited, but I don't want that to take away from the fact that this episode was awesome in its own right. Mm-hmm. But like, regardless of the context, because what I'm hearing from everybody is, oh, it's so awesome to be back into the Clone Wars. So I think sometimes we have a tendency when we feel that way to elevate an episode that maybe isn't as good as it as as we wanted it to be. Right. Um, I feel like that's one of the things that happened with with missing an action with Gregor is that people were like, oh, that episode was awesome. Why couldn't the rest of the arc have been like this? And it's like, actually, that episode. As far as structure goes, I feel like it was really weak. Like if you if you actually look at it critically and you start to pull it apart, it was kind of, you know, it wasn't all there. But with this one, regardless of all of our hype and feelings and emotional stuff going into it, I this was a really good episode. This mm-hmm. and especially if you go revival was actually the first part of this story. Right literally in the like in the production schedule when they were making it revival was meant to be the first the first episode of a four-part arc and this is meant to be the second episode so it is a little bit slower than revival that's for sure so having it be placed in this part of the season having come off of a very slow arc going into this it, it might feel a little bit slower than than it should. I mean, that's not to say it's not a fast-paced episode. A lot happens. As we go through this recap, you'll see that like, we, there's a lot to talk about because first they're here, and then they're over on Mustafar, and yeah. now they're over here, and now they're talking to the Huts, and now they're trying to kill the Huts, and now they're on Tatooine, and it's like this episode <laughs> doesn't stop. Like It is yeah. a breakneck pace, yeah. but... At the same time, so much happens, but nothing happens. You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of, it's this weird thing because it is, this is the bridging episode. We've talked about this a lot with these four-part arcs. It tends to go, first episode, action-packed, crazy, awesome, introduce the characters. Whoa, that was cool. Second episode, let's lay the groundwork for some stuff. Let's sow some actual plot seeds. And then third episode let's ramp stuff up a little bit fourth episode kaboom right like that that yeah. if we look at the last if we look at all of the arcs from this season we can see that really clearly mm-hmm. um so you have to remember like this episode is the second episode in this arc and man how like how much more intense is it going to get next right. week and the week after yeah if this is their slow episode <laughs> yeah you know what right. i mean like like uh man there but there's so much to talk about so let's actually talk about the episode uh let me uh Go ahead, let yeah. me continue uh the warships arrive at the planet zanbar an unsettled world where the mandalorian exiles have established a temporary camp in a medical bay maul wakes to find that droids have replaced his damaged mechanical legs with new more humanoid looking ones his still unconscious brother has had his severed arm replaced with a cybernetic prosthetic. Previsla and Bo-Katan enter the room. With Bo-Katan threatening Savage at gunpoint, Vizsla demands answers from Maul. 
Maul explains that he and his brother believe themselves to be the true lords of the Sith, and that they have no allegiance to Count Dooku. He also says that their ship was destroyed by Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Vizsla realizes that he and Maul share a common foe. So this is a... Uh, this is the moment when Vizsla... It, it, this is when he s- takes his first step mm-hmm. into getting in way over his head. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> by the yeah. end of this episode, he is not a happy camper. But here he thinks, he thinks excellent, we both have, we have a common enemy, specifically Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's join forces. Maybe I can use these Sith pretenders to... Uh, yeah to enact my revenge and take over Mandalore. And uh, as we find out, that is not the case. Darth Maul, from the moment that he wakes up, is already scheming to get exactly what he wants to get. Uh, do you think just, uh, Do you think that he is underestimating, Previsa that is, underestimating a little bit these two guys? Because like, like you said, Mike, yes. he gets his feeling like, oh wait, here's my ticket to, to get what I want. Yeah, and then like you said at the end, he's like, "Whoa! Like, what did I get myself into? I had no idea that these guys were as powerful." Uh, but it seems like in the beginning, he he kind of underestimates. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll put it this way: he he might be underestimating Darth Maul, but I think more than that, they're all underestimating Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. True because. Pre Vizsla is looking at, at these two and going like, man, look at them. They're they're in a sorry state. We had to bring them back from, you know, from from near death. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we go back to like this is the thing again. I, I have to remind everybody because it's out of context now. Revival having been so early, it being the season premiere, and now months later, we're getting the rest of this story. If we had just watched the 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 Obi-Wan Darth Maul Savage confrontation last week, I think we'd be watching this with a very different context. And that context to me is Obi-Wan Kenobi defeated Pre Vizsla, right? Like way back in, what was that, season two? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, was that season two or season three? Uh, I thought, wow. Um, good good question. That's it. Uh, that's, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to research that. Yeah. Um, in any case, Obi-Wan Kenobi defeats Pre Vizsla. Uh, it was season two because they were still in their old old costumes, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't they weren't the new models. Um, so Anakin and Obi-Wan together kind of uh, put an end to that stuff, right? Uh, so Obi-Wan beat, has beaten him. Obi-Wan has now defeated Darth Maul. Darth Maul, if we're going to keep score, let's do it this way. Obi-Wan cut Darth Maul in half, so one point to Mm Obi-Wan. Darth Maul and Savage Opress manage to capture Obi-Wan, but don't get the job done. Right. But they would have had Asajj Ventress not showed up. So so let's let's give Darth Maul one point there. So, so they're even at that point. And then they face off with Obi-Wan again. And Obi-Wan... Obi-Wan cuts off Savage's leg. Right. And flusters Maul to the point where, where pirates are able to damage 
His legs. His leg. Sorry, did I say Savage's leg? I meant Savage's arm. Right. I, and they, but they can damage Darth Maul's legs. Um, so that's a point to Obi-Wan. So, so far we have two points to Obi-Wan, zero points to Pre Vizsla, and one point to Darth Maul. <laughs> okay. So when Pre Vizsla looks at Darth Maul and goes, oh, well, he was defeated by Obi-Wan Kenobi, but look at him. His legs are all mangled, and he's cut. he's been cut in half at some point. And this other guy, he just had his arm cut off, and I had to save them, right? So Pre Vizsla is counting himself as better than than Darth Maul, which means, like, in his mind, I think there's a logic that it's like, well, if, if I'm better than them, then with them, I can defeat Obi-Wan Kenobi. But what we really need to look at is that Obi-Wan Kenobi has defeated all of them, Mm-hmm. on separate occasions and in some of them some instances with them together and uh, and he'll defeat them all again that's that's what it comes down to <laughs> i mean he's obi-wan kenobi so so yeah. all that to say obi-wan well, is the best yeah so i think I, I think he's they're all underestimating obi-wan and his abilities i uh, because darth maul you have to remember one of his major goals here is vengeance on Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. And and uh, in this episode, I don't think he really gets a whiff of, of uh, Satine and Obi-Wan's relationship, but the second that he does, he's going to seize on that. Right. Um, unfortunately for Satine, again, this is my prediction. I don't know anything more than you guys, but uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure she's, she's not got long left. But I... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll have to see. We'll yeah, well, what a moment that'll be if if yes. it is true and 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 Obi Wan gets gets whiff of that. It'll be, it's gonna be crazy. And I'll just say before I continue that uh, Previsla, you know, Maul, he finally finds out Previsla what what the motivation is here, and it's fortune. And he says it's fortune and power. And I would even scratch out a, a little bit of fortune. I think that fortune is sort of a ruse to uh, to Previsla. I think it's just about power right now. It's it's what Maul wants. And we'll find out later um, just exactly what his goal is. Uh, Vizsla later invites Maul to his tent for tea. He explains that Death Watch are exiles, true Mandalorian warriors ejected from their homeworld by a uh, detestable pacifist movement. Vizsla longs to destroy Duchess Satine, but is wary of her powerful allies, including Obi-Wan Kenobi. Maul proposes an alliance with the Death Watch to help them reclaim Mandalore and punish Kenobi. Bo-Katan, still sting from Count Dooku's betrayal, voices her skepticism at the idea of an allying with Sith again. Maul silences her uh, descent by throttling her with the Force. He declares that only by combining their strength can they reclaim Mandalore and destroy Kenobi, Dooku, and all others who might stand in their way. Alarmed Death Watch soldiers aim their weapons at Maul, but Vizsla orders them to stand down, and Maul releases his grip on Bo-Katan. Vizsla tells Maul to go check on his brother while his clan votes on the proposed alliance. And what a great scene this was, man, mm-hmm. with between me. I just love kind of when they slow it down and you get all this good exposition, some good... Uh, and he just, again, Maul, Whitwer, he just he's becoming such a great character just because of... We talk about how Anakin and kind of uh, Matt Lanner's taken over that role, you know, 
And yeah. and it, Whitworth's doing the same thing. He's given this character so much just gravitas, just fantastic. And and Pre Vizsla tells him all about Mandalore and its heritage and its strong warriors. Uh, Death watches struggle to regain the honor and tradition of the true Mandalore. So you get this great scene about both of them kind of discussing and and Maul recognizing the helmet and hey, what's you know what's up with this this mark you got? So just one of those scenes where you just sit back and you're like, even though there's no action, Mike, it's just wow, this is yeah. fun to watch. You know, good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was uh, it was really great. And and I know like people have issues with with some of these characters. I, I know people have an issue with the fact that Obi- that sorry that Darth Maul has come back. I know that some folks have an issue with Mandalore and the state that it's in. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, it, like I'm, I'm trying to remember who was saying stuff on uh, on the Facebook page, but I uh, you can't deny that Sam Witwer is knocking it out of the park and that he's an amazing Darth Maul and Darth Maul previously, unless you'd read like I think there was one book about him and there was a um, there was a comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was his origin story. I think unless you you read that stuff, and I, I never read any of that stuff, so I don't really know what happened in it, but I think you thought of Darth Maul just as sort of a weapon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so it was, I, I think a lot of people had the attitude of like, why bring him back? Like, what's the point? He's dead. Obi-Wan defeated him. That really kind of ruins everything if if he just comes back, if, if that moment wasn't really him triumphing, right? He didn't really mm-hmm. triumph over evil. He kind of delayed evil. Um, and now it's back and, and it's worse. But for me, the fact that we've taken a character like Darth Maul, who was very sort of one-dimensional, one note in episode one, and didn't really get to shine other than in that physical capacity of, of you know flinging a lightsaber around like nobody's business um now we get to see this amazing character uh as as sort of created by sam whitworth because at this point now darth maul has had more screen time uh-huh. in the clone wars than he did in episode one uh, and certainly more lines i mean that much was true by the end of the first episode that he came back <laughs> yeah so exactly. We've got this whole new perspective on the character, and I—I uh, I mean, anybody who was at Star Wars Celebration over the summer and got to to see Sam talk about playing this character and becoming Darth Maul, and and exactly what went into it, and the work that they put into developing this character—I mean, we all saw this coming, but this is only scratching the surface so far. The 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 machinations and the plans, I think, are only going to get grander from here. Uh, earlier today, StarWars.com put up a, a, a new clip on YouTube that that sort of goes into the details of the plan. I think it's probably that's probably our uh, our clip at the end, right? Yeah. Um, so yep. we'll talk about it when we get there. But I. But yeah, the, the, like you said, even though it's not action, this is just. Darth Maul and and Pre Vizsla talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Sam Witwer 
just being awesome and evil and and uh, sort of like mechanical and and uh, and and just coming up with the like he's scheming right you can yeah. tell yeah you can just yeah. you can see it and you can see that everything that he's saying to pre Vizsla is just there to manipulate him into doing what he wants mm-hmm. um and then I I John Favreau and his performance as pre Vizsla I just awesome I mean he's just doing such a great job the the character is becoming I I don't know if I would say like like nuanced or layered, but like he's 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 much mm-hmm. more interesting, right? Uh, I understand. Than, yeah. than he was the last time that we saw him. The last time we saw him, it felt very like, yeah, he's gonna do this, this, and this, right? He's just um, a brute force like, guy. Yeah, yeah, like he was a villain, right? But now it's like there's more to him, and I think that we can start to feel the same way about pre Vizsla that we did about Django, which is like Django wasn't necessarily evil. He was just like, he had his motivations and, and he was a bounty hunter. So, um, you know, he was kind of, he was motivated by money a lot, but, and, and that sort of put him into a, a, a place where he was fighting against the Jedi but that doesn't necessarily mean that he was a bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. It's sort of in that gray area that, that Boba Fett was in and where Hondo is that makes Hondo such an amazing character. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm starting to relate to Pre Vizsla a little bit more. Uh, I don't know that I'd call him a likable character yet. I mean, not that, that we dislike him, but he's not, like, he's still a bad guy. Right, because we like Satine, we like Obi Wan, and we know that he is specifically out for vengeance against those characters. But you could almost look at it, and if you're a Mando fan, you can go, "Well, he's trying to restore Mandalore to the Mandalore that we thought Mandalore was." Right before before all the retconning happened, we thought Mandalore was one way, Mm -hmm. and now we're finding out that it's this other way. Well. Pre Vizsla is almost he's almost the fans, right? Like he's almost like all those Republic Commando fans who are like, "What? You changed Mandalore? Put yeah. it back the way it was." Well, that's what Pre Vizsla wants, isn't that what we want? Yeah. yeah, isn't that what the fans want? Is don't we want Mandalore to be more like we thought it was going to be, not this peaceful thing? Like I think it's really a a twist of genius on George's part that he came in and he said. Oh yeah, all that stuff you thought Mandalore was, that's not what it is. But here's <laughs> yeah. a guy who wants it to be that again. Yeah. But here's the catch. He's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And somewhere down the road he's going to team up with Darth Maul. And he's going to fight Obi-Wan Kenobi. And you're going to be conflicted because you're going to be like, he's a Mandalorian so he's awesome. Just like Boba Fett but he's fighting all the characters that we like. Mm-hmm. So how are you supposed to feel about him, right? So I, I, I don't know. And and having him sort of getting screwed over by Darth Maul, I think, is putting him in a much more <laughs> relatable yeah. uh, position. By the end of it, you know, if he makes it out of it, which I don't think he will, but if he does, I think we'll, we'll feel sorry for him. We'll feel a little bit of pity, a little bit of empathy for him. Yeah. 
Well, before you continue, Mike, I just say yeah. I have to I have to um, agree with you that you talked about how Maul kind of recognizes things in this episode, and he does right here. He recognizes an opportunity when previously mentions Kenobi. Uh, he, he, you kind of see this face of Maul. He kind of sneers, like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's, I forgot. You know, I'm going after Kenobi too. Not that he forgot, but he sneers and he realizes that, you know, hey, I can take advantage of this, you know, and, and kind of kill two birds with one stone here, and 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 go after Kenobi and also this other thing that that I want to do that he mentions later on. We'll talk about it later, but uh, but yeah, right. I I did think he he realizes these opportunities right here. Uh, go ahead, Mike. I'll let you continue there. Uh, Maul returns to the medical bay where Savage is just stirring back to life. When Savage discovers his new prosthetic arm, he uses it to destroy the attending medical droids in a fit of rage. Maul explains the new alliance to his brother. These Mandalorians, more honor-bound and predictable than Hondo's pirates, will provide much-needed firepower and personnel for Maul's eventual plan of conquest. Vizsla enters the medical bay and announces that Death Watch has voted to ally with the Sith Lords. Best apprentice, you're safe. Our crash was discovered by enemies of the Jedi and we are in their care. Are we prisoners? No. Allies. They have much to offer, including their planet. They are strong, and unlike pirates, they possess honor. Another weakness. They know nothing of our intentions. Those revelations will come too late. I see you have your strength back. I never got your names. I am Maul. This is Savage. Our brothers are in favor of an alliance to liberate Mandalore. This Duchess of yours will soon discover the true burden of peace. And I'll tell you what, Mike, um, again, like you said earlier, Maul has realized that he can use Death Watch. And, and, and at this point, in the, in the show, I don't know what his plan is yet. I don't think any of us really know exactly what Maul's planning, but he talks about it right here that he has a plan. And what better, you know, what better group to use than than these Mandalores? Because unlike, the, like he says in this clip here, unlike the pirates, these guys have honor. So he knows he can use that as a weakness. And he says, even says that he can. They can use this honor as a weakness because the pirates yeah. are they're so flaky. You don't know what they're going to do. They'll turn in each other, turn on you in a moment's notice. But these guys, these Mandalores, they're powerful. They got skill. They got the the weaponry, and they have the honor. And what better faction to, to, to ally with, especially when you know you're just going to turn it right back on them later on and, and, and you know, obviously going to get rid of them somehow or try to. Yeah. But yeah, what, uh, what a really cool scene there. What do you think? Oh, I, it, I mean, this is all, this is the episode one of this, of this uh, arc. Mm, and you yeah. can see, you can see how much Maul is now like Darth Sidious. Yeah, he is. He's, huh? yeah. he's setting up all of the pawns in place, and uh, and and you can see you can sort of see him going like, man, these guys don't even know how. Like Savage Opress says, 
I because uh, he says uh, you know these are much more honorable than the pirates and he goes oh weakness and it's like they're gonna use that 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 honor and replace it with loyalty and then pull the rug out from underneath yeah. these guys right and and uh, use their resources to take over the galaxy right like it's just it's a shame we know that none of this is going to work, <laughs> but it's going to yeah. be very interesting to see how far Darth Maul can get before Obi-Wan cuts him in half the other way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or yeah. whatever happens. Maybe Darth Sidious will get to him first, but I, yeah, it's, uh, man. You sure, you sure learned a lot from, uh, from Darth uh, Sidious, I'll tell you what. I mean, it's, it's like you said, totally. it's almost mirroring... Yeah, you know how he's setting things up. He's setting things. He's one step ahead always of somebody else with his plan. So which which not only shows how great a character Darth Maul is, but it shows how much Dave Filoni has learned mm-hmm. from from studying under George Lucas because uh, it's taken us over a decade to really decode just how genius Darth Sidious was right. in setting everything up. And I think there's a lot of fans out there who, who have their prequel hate who are missing out on a whole lot by not being a part of that conversation and a part of that unraveling. Uh, because we start to see, like, oh, man, this is how this is how genius George's story actually was. Mm-hmm. Like, look at this. Look at this over here. Look at this moment in Return of the Jedi that wouldn't have happened if he didn't do this in Episode One. Look at this moment in Revenge of the Sith that was perfectly executed based on this part of the plan in Attack of the Clones, right? Mm -hmm. Like, all of these strings and threads all over the place that pull everything together and make it just this awesome story. And now we're starting to see that with Darth Maul. It's sort of like this mini version of that story. And and that shows how how great Dave Filoni has become at telling a Star Wars story. And obviously George has his influence on these episodes and saying, you know, like, well, Darth Maul's going to come back and he's going to do this. But I think Dave's the one filling in the details. He's the one going, yeah, but he's going to do it by, by teaming up with the Mandalorians. And this is how he's going to trick the Mandalorians into doing what he wants them to do. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it just shows how far the show has come. I based on, on, on how, complex these stories have gotten that they all need four episodes to be told yeah and like you said he's, he's setting up pre i mean he's starting yeah. to place him right right where he wants him so yeah. uh maul's first plan of action is to secure more allies to assist in the retaking of mandalore he suggests they recruit the black sun a crime syndicate based on mustafar a fleet of death watch ships approaches the molten planet deploying armed death watch troopers as they land at a cliffside fortress Black Sun foot soldiers, led by the burly Exton Moj, greet Maul coldly when the Sith Lord demands an audience with the Black Sun leadership. Moj brings Maul, Savage, and Vizsla into the main hall of the Black Sun Fortress, where the five leaders of the crime syndicate convene. Maul demands an alliance, but the Black Sun leaders scoff and order and order the execution of these newcomers. At Maul's signal, Savage throws his double-bladed lightsaber across the conference table, decapitating the five leaders in a single strike. This leaves the Black Sun's fate to the sole survivor, 
Ziton Moj, Ziton Moj, who quickly accepts Maul's offer. And uh, Mike, obviously, you know, everybody's found out recently that this episode was again censored, much like yes. much like Ventress was back in season three. And yep. uh, wow, and and even Dave Filoni says it was a cut that it was a bad cut. Not so much that that was bad, but just like the way it was cut together, it just didn't it just didn't flow right. And, and we're gonna see that on the DVD. Obviously, um, we saw a picture of it, and I didn't, had no idea, Mike. I thought it was just the one guy, the one main leader that he decapitated, but it was all five. It was like, wow, we missed you know, a big, pretty big scene. You know you what? Know? It, it it's a uh, if you were paying attention last season, what the last time we saw Mandalorians, Ahsoka did something very cool and cut off the heads of four uh, uh, Mandalorians. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know why they got away with that, but they don't get away with this. Maybe it's the fact that they're Mandalorian. Yeah, right. Like, they have helmets, so that it's kind of like that clone trooper, stormtrooper thing of, like, you can kill them without, you know, without it being graphic because they look like robots, maybe. Um... But uh, he said, you know, four was pretty impressive, but in season five, we have a moment where there are five decapitations. And then mm-hmm. we saw this this one clip in within the uh, the trailer of Darth of Savage Opress's uh, lightsaber, his double bladed lightsaber spinning towards some black sun. And uh, and I said at Star Wars Celebration, I was like, there it is. There's the five the five decapitation like the five point decapita- decapitation uh-huh. and uh, and and here I I, I, I am correct yeah. I was right but I but it was just a little bit too intense so, yeah yeah I mean this the violence in this episode was crazy and I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to the main fight here but uh, yeah uh, Black Sun Mike we got Black Sun here uh, introduced in Shadows of the Empire uh, and this crime syndicate um, you know they don't they don't have a lot of patience and uh, you know it's like you come to this planet if you don't have something you're gonna you're gonna be, end up being executed just like they try to do here so Black Sun is not to be messed with and and you can see why they don't mm-hmm. they don't suffer anything there um, obviously you don't get a lot of visitors because of that uh, but um, yeah I, I was just I, I had no idea that was a that was a cut until I saw it a few days later on. You know, everybody started talking on Twitter about the uh, how they cut that up scene. So I was like, "Wow, okay, that was I didn't know yeah. that." But uh, yeah, violent episode. Yeah, uh, but have have we gotten? We have confirmation that we are going to get to see that clip at some point. That we'll see it. In, uh, in fact, Dave Filoni even said, and and Silver at the um, they were talking about this at the. Uh, they did some kind of Clone Wars thing at a, at a base in San Diego. Yeah, the yeah. USO. You, yeah, they talked yeah. about it there. They said that, and they actually confirmed that the DVD is coming out in October because they said you'll be able to see this in October when the DVD comes out. It won't be cut off the DVD. So, mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, so that's coming back just like they did with uh, Ventress in that one episode. So, Go ahead, Mike. Cool. The Mandalorians promptly begin loading Black Sun supplies into their ships. With the combined forces of Death Watch and Black Sun, Vizsla is eager to take the fight to Duchess Satine, but Maul says that their army is still not strong enough. 
Back on Zanbar, the Death Watch and Black Sun forces are soon joined by members of the Pike Syndicate, the leading spice suppliers of the criminal underworld on Coruscant. Lom, leader of the Syndicate, has gotten word of Maul's activities and wants to join his cause. Vizsla eagerly accepts the aid of the Pikes and prepares his forces to leave for Nalhutta. A small fleet of Mandalorian, Black Sun, and Pike ships arrives at Nalhutta. Inside the Hut Council chamber, uh, Maul, Savage, and Visa stand before the Hut leaders, proposing an alliance. Attending via hologram, Jabba considers the offer if it pays well. However, however Maul's only offer is the lives of the Huts in exchange for control of Hut space and everything within its borders. The Huts laugh at this outrageous demand. Jabba summons a cadre of bounty hunters, Embo, Suji, Latsrazi, and Dengar, to, to dispose of their guests. There are many things the Huts influence and possess that would be useful to us. We have no credits. Your lives, in exchange for hot space and everything in its borders. An intense firefight erupts, and waves of palace guards arrive to reinforce the hunters. Outnumbered, Maul, Savage, and Vizsla retreat from the council chamber. The bounty hunters chase Vizsla and the Sith brothers to a rain-swept landing platform. Bo-Katan and her night owl warriors are waiting for them, and they bombard the platform with missile strikes from the air, decimating the hut forces. Lazarazi calls for retreat into the hut compound. Maul, Savage, and Vizsla now backed by Death Watch troops, re-enter the palace and pursue the bounty hunters. Vizsla mercilessly cuts down a wave of guards by Maul and Savage, battle Suji and Embo. The hunters manage to hold their own against the Sith for a while, but they are defeated in the end and must retreat under cover of smoke grenades. And Mike, I want to break it. I'm going to bring it back just a little bit, and we got a lot of to uh, to digest here. The big battle here. Just before this, though, I want to just want to mention that Vizsla. You know, when he was talking to Maul just before they left, you know, he's saying, hey, you know, we're ready. You know, we got we got the Black Sun now. Here's the pikes that show up. He says, we're ready. And Maul realizes that, you know, hey, no, they're not ready. And explains to Vizsla that, you know, he's not even smart enough to realize the bigger picture in all this. And, he, and he's throwing that out to Vizsla like he's too stupid to know anything. Even though Maul is just saying that just to bide a little more time you know he's got to get this plan going mm -hmm. so he's kind of baiting he's baiting um Vizsla there but um here's the scene here's the big scene though Mike the big fight scene uh I know you had a couple issues with it though uh according to Facebook if I'm not if I'm not mistaken right um uh, great seeing the huts again the huts are back job is back you know and the huts are great because 
they pretty much don't fear anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you got a Jedi, Luke Skywalker, from he doesn't care. You know, uh, detonate, throw detonators, they don't care. Darth Maul, Sith, they don't care. You know, they kind of laugh it off and everything. But uh, a really fun scene there. A lot of action going on. Uh, the uh, Vizsla and the the Knight, um, uh, the Dark Saber is going crazy fighting. What'd you think of this thing, man? Crazy stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, it was excellent. Lots of excellent, like great action. Uh, this is, I think, the largest action sequence in the whole episode. And yeah. I, um, I wasn't quite sure why they walked in and they sort of make this threat to the, to the huts, and then they go, then then they kind of. I don't know, the bounty hunters jump up, they mm-hmm. fight the bounty hunters, and then they run away, and then all of the rest of the Mandalorians attack. So then they run back in, after they've dealt with the bounty hunters, they run back in, and then, you know, they only manage to capture one of the huts, and then they go to Jabba's, and the rest of the huts are there. It felt to me like like we were kind of running around locations a little bit much, yeah. I, I think they, they one of the bounty hunters should have died. Uh, that fight went on way too long for serious, Nothing. serious D-listers like Lats, Razzie, and Sugi to, to live. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, Lats, Razzie, uh, n- not really a character that, that I care about. So, uh, you know, Dengar and Embo both had to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, Dengar, obviously, because he's in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Embo, because he's in the next arc. Uh, so it would be a yeah. little bit confusing if he died. But uh, both Sugi and, and Latsrazi were kind of... They, they Their heads were on the chopping block for a second there. But they managed to get away. And I don't know... I'm not 100% sure why that was. Right. Because... I feel like the, the battle would have been much more impactful had one of them fallen in it. Because um, a bunch of faceless guards, who cares, right? Yeah. I, the other aspect of this is, like I said, it felt weird that they did all this running around just to end up back on on Tatooine. Tatooine, not, yeah. Not back, but back, to end up on Tatooine facing down Jabba in his own palace. Which is a whole other thing. The the palace was very underwhelming, um, but I don't know why we didn't just have this all take place in Jabba's palace. Uh, it would have been an opportunity to showcase Jabba's palace a little bit, as well as uh, explore it a little bit. Right? We could have seen more of Jabba's palace, places that we haven't seen in Jabba's palace. And maybe places that we haven't seen since, you know, since uh, Return of the Jedi, like, let's say, a Rancor pit. I don't know, right? Like, I think there was an opportunity there for them to do something more. I like what we got. Like, like the the action sequence that we got is great. Um, But it was like, let's run around just to run around. You know what I mean? Like, it, it... it, one of those elements should have gone. They either should have gone straight to Jabba on Tatooine because all of the huts were there, or they should have gone to Nalhutta and not to Tatooine. 
because and I and and maybe like I would have liked them to do more stuff on Tatooine with Jabba's palace, but maybe the more logical thing is don't show us Jabba's palace unless you're ready to do it properly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So just show us Nal Hutto because that's not an environment that we're entirely familiar with. I mean, we are within the Clone Wars, but it's not like if you went to Endor, we'd expect something, right? If you go to Jabba's palace, we expect something. If you go to Hoth, we expect something, but you know to go to a planet that's only been explored in the expanded universe you can write that a little bit to suit your needs mm-hmm. um so i don't know that's a that's just a personal thing that is a, a, a that's the only real place where i can say that i find fault with this episode one of those bounty hunters should have died and jabba's palace could have been utilized better or not at all it was kind of it's kind of an all or nothing situation you either go hardcore show me the money or just don't bother yeah. right yeah. like like there's no point in in showing Jabba's palace if we're not going to get yeah blown off of our feet right like if it's not going to be Jabba's palace don't show us Jabba's palace and i thought that um like you said uh, Maul should have easily taken out one of those and it shouldn't yeah. have, they were kind of rolling around and f- almost hand fighting and it's like Whoa, you know, it's like he he, he should have easily, easily dispatched those bounty hunters. I mean, the, the normal foe he goes up against is a is a fully trained Jedi, so should have no problem with, especially a lower tiered bounty hunter like you said yeah. with those two. So, but but I, I just have to again mention that I I think this is the most violence I've seen in an episode. I mean, there was slashing going on full on, you know cauterized wounds you would you're watching guys go down they were dispatching um it might be up coming up here in a second but uh the gamorian guards were getting sliced in half i mean it was just crazy all the decapitations is like wow this is this is pretty crazy on the on the violence so hey and i was digging it so it's all good uh go ahead mike your turn uh let's see where am i uh Is yeah. Maul allows, yeah. Maul yeah. allows them to escape and returns to his true objective, the Hut Council Chamber. All of the Huts have escaped except for Aruba, who Bo Katan holds at gunpoint. Aruba sends out his fellow Huts, or, sorry, sells out his fellow Huts by revealing they have retreated to Jabba's palace on Tatooine. But that's hardly surprising or worthwhile information. At Maul's command, Savage cuts down the Hut. I really liked the joke of. So you're saying that Jabba is in Jabba's palace, and he <laughs> like, and, yeah, and then they kill just him. kill him, and it's like, yeah, I I just thought that was a funny moment, and maybe that's the only reason why we go to Jabba's palace was just for that joke. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and, and, another, and another another uh, death from one of the huts, and I have to just mention yeah. too that uh, Kyle Avery, who writes the recaps. He also got a really big kick earlier on in the episode that uh, Savage hit his head on the little light uh, fixture. Yes. And, and it's just a nice, you know, one of those touches that you see, like uh, Django hitting his head on the cargo door when he's walking in, or the stormtrooper hitting his head. They kind of did that again here with, with uh, Savage. He's so, so giant that he hit his head. So he thought that was funny. I thought I'd mention that. But uh, let's finish it up here, Mike. Maul and Vizsla's forces arrive at Jabba's palace and launch another strike. The warships and airborne soldiers strafe the palace grounds with missiles and laser fire, making short work of Jabba's guards and patrol ships. 
When Maul, Savage, and Vizsla enter their throne room and face Jabba in person, the Hut reconsiders his earlier position and agrees to join the growing criminal army. Maul's master plan is coming together. Vizsla can have control of Mandalore while Maul forces, uh, focuses on a bigger objective, command of the entire galactic underworld. Maul tells Vizsla to begin preparations for their assault on Mandalore. And Vizsla shares with Bo-Katan his intentions to betray the Sith brothers once their home planet is secure. The vision has expanded. You will still rule Mandalore, and under your protection, I will command a new galactic underworld. Mandalore influences a league of 2,000 neutral systems. It gives you a great deal of options for your enterprise. You have learned from your previous oversights. With their combined forces, the Republic and the Separatists will be irrelevant. Then are we ready? Mobilize the army. Send an advanced guard to the capital. I want a list of targets vital to Mandalore security. Choose wisely. There will be no second chances. Stay focused. Mandalore will soon be ours, and Maul and his brother will be dead alongside the Duchess. Wow, Mike, I tell you what, here is the revelation. I didn't see exactly where he was going, but this is what's going on. Darth Maul is going to form a galactic underworld and not mm. only go after... Here's the thing. He's going after the Republic and the Separatists. He's going yeah. after both of them. This is his plan. It's crazy. He's got the Black Sun with him, the Pikes. He's going to, you know, get rid of Mandalore. And I don't know how he's going to use them. We'll see how that goes. But he's going to make his own empire, Mike. It's crazy. This is, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. What do you think, man? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's great because he's kind of, um, as, we, as we found out last season, Darth Maul was expected to play a part in the Clone Wars. Um, so he is fully aware of the fact that the Separatists and the Republic are really the same side. Mm -hmm. uh, when it gets right down to it, it's just Darth Sidious. It's just Sidious, the, right. The two, the two sides against each other. Mm -hmm. for his own gain right he's really just setting up a scenario in which they can defeat the jedi um and what darth maul is now doing is going i'm just going to set up scenario a scenario in which i can just defeat both the jedi and the separatists i mean the separatists are easy mm -hmm. but uh you know defeat the jedi and the separatists and then take out darth sidious and then, you know, what What am I left with? Well, I'm left with an army of, of cobbled together crime lords. Well, that'll be really easy to disband because I'll just start telling one that, that you know, the other one did this and this one did that. And they'll just fight amongst themselves. Right. At which point he'll be able to just take over the galaxy, right? Like, he'll just be left at the at the head of everything with... with uh, more than likely with a clone army and, you know, like, essentially taking the place of... Yeah, because he of, knows uh, about the clone army, yeah. Yeah, of of, uh, of Darth Sidious, right? right. So uh, I, he's got he's got grand plans, and it's... it's uh, I think in the next episode, we're going to get to see just how grand those plans are. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm very excited. Yeah, and he's to got... To see what comes. 
Well, and you also got Pre Vizsla, who's on the other side of the coin, you know, thinks he's going to be playing one over on Maul. Yeah. And, you know, you use him for his benefit and then and then get rid of him, and he'll he'll be the new uh, King of Mandalore, whatever you want to do with that, however you want to say it. But, yeah, this is, this is going to be coming. Obviously, this is these two are coming to a, a head. And we got, what, two more episodes of this? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we got okay, two, two more. more. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're back. Uh, Clone Wars is back. We we're coming back from that revival story, and uh, wow, I'm really excited. A really great episode. I don't know if it it doesn't for me. It doesn't overtake revival. I still think revival is is for season five the number one so far. But like I said, we got some great stuff coming, and uh, it might change by the end of this year. Um, let's see what do we got, Mike. Uh, I guess we're going to the mailbag, huh? Our Facebook. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Wait a minute. Play back the entire message. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? He is carrying a message from an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was beginning to wonder if you'd got my message. I saw part of the message. I seem to have found it. All right, Mike. We got actually a message from uh, Martin Aylman. He wanted to know... um, Kind of a different, not any question about the Clone Wars or anything, but he just says, I'm currently rewatching the episode Trespass from season one. I was wondering, have you or Matt ever considered recording a commentary track for your favorite episodes? I think your listeners would love it. Maybe during the off season in the summer would give you guys the time. And I never even thought about that. Hmm. Uh, interesting um, suggestion, Mike, and I don't know what you think, but uh, we always try to do... At least this last summer, we did quite a few things because it was celebration and uh, yeah. our 100th episode. Uh, the summer previous to that, we kind of took a long break and just kind of decompressed. But uh, this is something that we could, uh, I guess, revisit uh, in the summertime. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I like this this idea that we would grab our favorite episodes and do some commentaries. I, I'd like the opportunity to go back and talk about Trespass in some more detail now you know, five seasons in. I actually, I just watched Trespass, um, not this past weekend, but the one before. When I, I set up, I, I just, yeah, I think I've already talked about it. I got my new TV. So I got a new 55-inch LED oh, yeah. TV. Yeah. Um, and I just got a sound bar for it I, I, a couple weeks ago. And uh, and just got it all set up and everything. Not, not this past weekend, but the one before. And I... Uh, I wanted to. I hadn't watched any Clone Wars on my new TV yet, other than new episodes, right? Mm. Um, like I hadn't watched the Blu-rays yet, and I just wanted to sort of give the sound a test. And uh, and I thought, you know, uh, what better way to test out my new TV and sound setup than with uh, my favorite episode of the Clone Wars? And <laughs> I watched. I watched Trespass again. And it just reminded me how much I love that episode. It is so good. Yeah. And uh, it's even better at 55 inches with near surround sound, sort of simulated surround sound. It was so good. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. So I would love the opportunity to go back and maybe do some commentaries and stuff like that. The difficulty in it is uh, is us not being in the same room. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that means you know we kind of have to find a way to sync up the video when we're watching it and and uh, we can like I record in my office which which is not the same room that has the TV in it so I don't know like I, I'd have to download a digital version of mm-hmm. of, uh, of of the episodes in order to do that and and 
I know you you don't really record in 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 front of the TV, right? Uh no, I can see the TV from where I'm at. Okay, Definitely. okay, yeah, yeah. So like it, like there's there's technical reasons why I think it's never really occurred to us. Um, yeah. But uh, maybe maybe one day, maybe at some point, Matt and I will have the opportunity to be in the same room, and when we yeah. do that, maybe we'll uh, give oh, it's, you guys some commentary. It's either that or or just doing it solo. Um, yeah. Which wouldn't be as fun, but it's something that we could also think about is yeah. uh, doing a, a kind of a commentary, even though it is kind of fun to bounce stuff back and forth with somebody else while you're watching it. So yeah, that's something we'll revisit and, and talk about. And totally, uh, it's it's yeah, it's that'd be, that'd be fun to do. I love going back and, and watching those, and especially like the the movies as well. Uh, we never even yeah. thought about that, but this is more of a Clone Wars stuff. But uh, thanks to Martin for that. It was uh, actually in our message thing, and I, I saw that and go, oh, let's let's talk about that because I never really mm-hmm. talked about that with you. So let's talk about though what's coming next week. We continue our uh, block. And uh, the, the next episode is called Shades of Reason. Pre Vizsla and Maul attack Mandalore and Duchess Satine, but their alliance is soon tested. And take a listen to what's coming up next week. Where are my targets? We've identified them at these locations. However, as I've said before, if we try to take Mandalore by force, our people will turn against us. I will use my army of crime lords to attack different targets across Sindari and sow chaos to undermine the Duchess's rule. Our gangsters will make her look too weak to maintain control. Then you and your Death Watch will capture and arrest us, bringing order where Satine's weak government could not. We'll be saviors. Exactly. A good plan. Indeed. I'll prepare the troops. And there you go, Mike. That is the plans on how they're going to turn Mandalore to the side of uh, the Death Watch. You know, Death Watch, mm-hmm. like like he says, they're going to be the quote-unquote saviors. And uh, wow. We'll see how it goes, man. This is going to be fun. I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this block of episodes. And is this... Is this where we're we going to see Sidious in this block, or is he going to save him for the end? I don't know. What do you think about that? I no, I we're I, we're going to see Sidious. We this are. this early, huh? Wow. Yeah. I thought for sure that would be a, a season-ending type of thing to see him. No, because we know the season finale is going to be the story with uh, with Ahsoka and Asajj. Right. Right. On yeah. Coruscant, right. Like yeah. we know what the rest of the season is. I, I'm fairly certain. I mm-hmm. we've got the the next two episodes of this because this is this is what episode this is the 15th episode of the season right right um so that means that there are five there are seven episodes left or thereabouts i mean like really like it, it sounds it sounds ridiculous but we're coming to the close right so that means if you can't there's two or is this 14 uh, this might be fourteen. Maybe, oh yeah. yeah, maybe this this upcoming episode is fifteen. Right. So this this past episode was fourteen. So we have so we have eight episodes left. Yeah. So we have these two, uh, Shades of Reason, and then whatever the next one is after that, which will close out this Mandalorian Darth Maul, right, uh, story, uh, and then we will have 
Uh, let's see. So that that'll leave us at six, which I think will probably put us in a good position for two to three episodes about Anakin and Padme and right. uh, Rush Clovis, and then two to three episodes about Ahsoka. Asajj and Ahsoka. Yeah, uh, I I think the season finale will be a two-parter. Like I think it'll be two episodes. Yeah, I think it'll be. So I think we'll get we'll get four with uh with the the Anakin so or the Anakin Padme story and then mm-hmm. two to close. I could I that could be wrong though. I could it could be the other way around. Yeah. Maybe we'll get two with uh with the Anakin Padme story and then four with the Ahsoka Asajj Ventress one. But I I mentioned earlier Dave Filoni's interview on Rebel Force Radio and he said there's no going back after the season finale of this season uh-huh. there's no going back like things will not be the same yeah as they were before and yeah. uh I, i've talked a lot i mean i talked about it last week with jason and i'll and i'll run it by you again matt uh-huh. i i think ahsoka and asajj are going off together really? uh, huh. I, yeah i i i really feel like that's the way it's gonna be i think ahsoka is uh, she's not making a, a move towards the dark side, but more towards the middle ground, the gray side, mm-hmm. uh, which is where As- where Asajj currently resides. She's not she's not a Jedi. She's also not a Sith, mm-hmm. right? So she's somewhere in the middle there, uh, maybe a little bit more towards the bad guy side of things because of her past. But uh, I think I feel I really do feel that Ahsoka is going to be meeting her there in the middle. But maybe a little bit more towards the the Jedi side of things, hmm. um, because this uh, this war is getting a little bit ridiculous. It's a little getting a little bit out of control. Yeah, and uh, and and she might not agree with the way that some things are being handled. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I just I'll just say to finish up that I think at least for this season, I think you're right. I think this. I'm just going to go out on a limb. Not maybe not a limb. This is kind of easy to say, but that. The season finale is going to be something where it's truly a cliffhanger to where Ahsoka is either gone or something happens to where, you know, we're not going to know. She's going to be in limbo, like you said, until we get to season six, I think. That's going to be one of these big, um, big season finale cliffhangers that what is going to happen with her, you know, where is she going to do? So, um, but hey, we got a good one coming up next week. Maul, Death Watch. And Satine, and maybe we'll see Obi Wan. I don't know. Yeah, we'll I, see Obi Wan. He'll think be back. So? Yeah, yeah, he'll be back next week. So that'd be good. But for this week, that's gonna do it, Mike. That we is. It. That's it. I don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. Over on Facebook at facebook.com/clonewarspodcast. On Twitter at twitter.com/clonewars, and you can send all your questions, comments, and feedback to mail at clonewarspodcast.com. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week on Frontline's The Clone Wars Podcast. See you guys next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontline's The Clone Wars Podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.